0: Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode sixty, which we are recording on Thursday, April tenth, two thousand fourteen. Hello, Charlene. What are you wearing today?
1: I am wearing my twenty-two little clouds shawllet, which is a pattern by Martina Bem. I knit this last November when we were swatching the Susquehanna fingering yarn from Knitting Boutique, and I love this little shawl. Mine it's, is a gray and pale yellow, almost a chartreuse, I want to say. See, and I think of Grello when I see Yeah. I know yellow,
0: <laughs> sometimes people think that's a green and yellow. I often think it's a gray and yellow, and it's yeah. a perfect yeah. combination of colors.
1: Definitely. Not to be confused with the gray and yellow striped shawl that I'm working on now. This one is more of a multi, multi-colored, Variegated. Variegated. Yeah, yeah just kind of... All, all kinds of tones thrown in there. It's pretty. Very nice. There's a cream in there, too. Yeah. That's yep. funny. I just realized because I had thrown in some cream stripes. In on your my, stripes, right? Gray and yellow. Okay. Now we know where one of my inspirations, inspirations. <laughs> comes from. There we go. So I apparently really like this color combo. <laughs> so well, It does
0: look pretty on you. It It works very well with your skin tone. Yeah,
1: I like it a lot. The 22 Little Clouds pattern is a free pattern written by Martina Bem, I think I mentioned that already, and I got it off of Ravelry, and it's a easy triangular shawl with a center spine and then ruffle along the long triangular bottom edge. So it's very basic, but the little ruffle gives it a little kick, a little frill, and I made it with one skein of fingering so it was really relatively quick project. I think I made mine in a week or so. Very nice. And it's a perfect little accessory. I mean, it's, you can dress it up,
0: you can dress it down.
1: Yeah. Like said, and the
0: ruffle just gives it that nice little
1: flare. Yeah, and today is one of those days when Gail got here, I had been sitting outside for a couple minutes in the sun because every time I put a sweater on, I get too hot, but then I take the sweater off, and if I'm sitting, I get cold so that's why the shawl is perfect because yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> i
1: can put it on my shoulders and because i just had a sweater on a little while ago and i got too hot i had to take it off it's one of those odd days that's kind of in between it's beautifully sunny it's beautiful but it's, it's a little bit of a breezy day as yeah, well so the sky's blue and it was really foggy this morning yep. and now it's just wonderfully spring-like but yeah a little bit of a chill Yeah, I wish
0: I could send this beautiful warm weather out to so many of you who are listening who are still in
1: snow and or temperatures that are ridiculously cold. I can't believe that there are still some folks that I am following on Instagram posting snow pictures. I know,
0: in April. So sorry, you guys. Like I said, I wish we could bottle up some beautiful Santa Cruz weather and send it your way so that you could bask
1: in the sun at least for a few moments. Well, if nothing else, it won't last long. Yes. No, no will it, right? it won't it won't last long for them, and yeah. then in a few months they'll be super super hot and we'll be fogged in. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. So, how about you, Gail? What are you wearing today?
0: I'm wearing two hand knit items. I am wearing my Audrey and Unst sweater, which is a wonderful pattern by Gudrun Johnston, and this is one that I finished recently. So you've heard me talk about it on the podcast quite a bit, and I love this sweater. It is my second most worn sweater in my wardrobe. It is knit in Madeline Tosh, Tosh Merino light fingering in the onyx colorway, which is a tonal black, so it matches everything I own. And the other sweater that I wear a little bit more often is the Summer Dawn sweater by Andrea Black, which is in the same base, but it's Dr. Zhivago sky color, which is a gray. So those are my two neutral sweaters that I mm-hmm. own, and they get a ton of wear. So that's the sweater I'm wearing. And I am wearing my Red Robin Shawlette, which is the pattern I recently finished by Helen Stewart, Curious Handmade. And I just love this shawl with its happy little tassels and the luxurious silk merino fabric that is so incredibly soft. And it is a light gray, so it matches everything as well. So And it looks so nice because it has a little bit of a sheen to it. It's definitely like a luxury it. fiber. Yeah. You can tell just by looking at it, and yeah. it's so incredibly soft. Very nice. Yes, I'm looking forward to knitting with this yarn. Not necessarily. This is the Handworks Indie Dyer, but I have another skein of this from Western Sky Knits in my stash now that I want to knit another Helen Stewart Shawl with, and it just needs to be wound up so I can cast on. Because it's just the perfect little feather of beauty around your neck. (laughs) (laughs) So those are the two things I am wearing. What
1: have you been stocking recently? Well, I am not, once again, I am not stocking all that much. We're actually recording a little bit early this time, so I haven't even had my full stocking time.
0: Hi, here, Boo Kitty. That's Boo. (laughs) Boo is summoning Charlene to the door to let him in. And I have to say, while she's opening the door for Boo, Charlene is wearing the cutest black T-shirt with a little kitty face on it. And the kitty, oh, it's a whole kitty. And the kitty is wearing a sparkly gray bow tie. And it reminded me of Boo, although Boo doesn't have any white on it. No, he
1: doesn't have any white. Hello, Boo. How are you? all black. Aw. Here he comes. He's right next to the microphone, if you couldn't tell. Okay, so what have I been stocking? Just a couple of things. If you remember from last time, I was stocking the tape measure covers. So I'm still stocking those, even though I haven't cast on one, I do want to make one soon. <laughs> <Food>. <laughs> Trying to sit on the tissue paper. Oh, he I can't just don't stop. want him to knock over the iPad. Okay, the one I'm stocking this week is called Sock Monkey Tape Measure Cover. And it's patterned by Justina Kaspchack. And there are only six projects on Ravelry. And it looks like a pretty basic crochet, circular, single crochet, circular piece. Two pieces, and then circular for the mouth, circular for the ears. It looks pretty basic, but it looks really fun. It's are really cute. Are they different pieces that you then sew
0: together I, don't have, together? I don't have the
1: pattern, so I don't know. But oh, it's just cute. It kind of looks cute. like they are. Yeah, it is super cute. like <laughs> If
0: you like, the like little, sock monkeys. The little it, eyes on it. Yeah, them.
1: it would be a fun thing to do to a tape measure. And then... I <laughs> feel like you're victimizing it. A fun thing to do to a tape
0: measure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you... Are silly. This Boo, we're trying to move all the noise, making crinkling <laughs> things away from Boo out while of, he settles in. Out
1: of Boo's way because
0: there <laughs> he we <go>. is sprawling. <laughs> he's sprawling. I don't and have a cat, so it cracks me up when I see the cats
1: in action. He's rolling over and staring at me as if to say, see, look why aren't at the petting why aren't me and petting me, yes. Okay. So I've got one hand petting the cat, other hand on my drink, so he doesn't knock it over. <laughs> Okay, the second thing I am stocking is really a category this time. I'm stocking shawls. For for the reason that you've just heard that I'm wearing the 22 Little Clouds, shawls are just the perfect thing to wear this time of year for me. So I have been stocking shawls. And I just wanted to mention one of my favorite ways to stock my patterns on Ravelry. Gill and I have talked about this before. But it is how to stock the patterns in your own library. If you have all of your books and magazines and patterns entered into Ravelry, the the patterns that you've purchased through Ravelry are automatically in your library, but if you've also gone in and entered books and magazines that you happen to own, then you can stock your own library, so to speak. And to do that, you just go to the pattern section, for me, I selected shawls. So
0: from the browse category section that's on the right-hand side. Right, you, you the go to the main shawls. pattern
1: page, click the category shawls, and then there's a little line that's underlined that says search inside this category. You click that, and then you get the filters that are all along the left side. And under the filter availability, you can click or check in my library you can also check free as well if you want to have any any patterns that are free to show up too but for me I just click in my library and then it shows me by whatever let's see however ordered I want them best match hot right now name most popular or most projects etc it will show all those patterns in that order that are in your library. So that is what I have been doing. And I have identified, let's see, four that are in my library that I still want to knit. The Pagona, the French Can-Can, mm, yeah. the Brickless, and the Zilver. And I think we've talked about all of those. And I think that I either one of, one of us <laughs> has probably stalked all of those patterns at some point or another. I don't know if we've ever talked about the Pagona shawl, but all the rest I know we have. I think I may have stocked it in the past. Pagona mm-hmm. is a pattern by Stephen West, and it's, it would be a pattern good for a multicolored yarn. And I have one skein of the Madeleine Tosh, Tosh Merino Light in Vishnu, and that's the skein that I was thinking of using, or that's the pattern I was thinking of knitting in my Vishnu because it's a fair it's blues and purples and the shawl is just pretty much one piece there's not lace to it or anything so i think that might be a good one so shawls
0: well thank you for reminding us how to find for the items in your library because i had completely forgotten you had did. okay yeah. i didn't I've know thought...
1: if, if we had talked about that too much but no, i i, I remember... have been doing that and i wrote down the notes and i thought well maybe it would Help somebody if I mentioned it.
0: It helped me if it didn't help anybody else. (laughs) So I've been wondering. I wonder how they do that, and Mm. now I know. Thank you very much. Okay, how about you? What are you stocking? Oh goodness, I haven't been (laughs) doing a whole lot of stocking lately, unfortunately. The thing I've mostly been stocking is my own queue, and that is because yeah, the Double Knit podcast, Erin and Jessica, have a new knit along going on that's called Spring Clean Your Queue. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, there are so many items in my queue that have been there for a long time that I really wanna knit. So I went back through my queue and moved some things higher up. And that's Audrey and Unst was in my queue. I had purchased the pattern, had the yarn, etc., for a really long time before I finally knit it. So. Spring cleaning my queue. I am definitely stalking my queue now. Boo is taking a bath. <laughs> Charlie is taking the picture. This is like our new ritual. We take a boo picture that goes up. Do you put them on the show notes? I haven't. I've, oh, you I should. intended to, and I just haven't. So today, hopefully, you will see, or for this episode, you will see a majestic boo picture <laughs> as he kind of straddles the microphone. <laughs> so stalking my queue while stalking my queue i realized that one of the sweaters that i was stalking not that long ago is just waiting to be knit and it's the secrecy by hannah msujewska and i'm probably mispronouncing that but it's a beautiful shawl i have a shawl a beautiful sweater I have the yarn and so I pulled out the pattern I need I had even printed the pattern I mean oh that you're was close. That far along. <laughs> exactly. so this morning I was inspired to actually clean up my knitting spot on the coffee table and I put the yarn in a project bag the pattern the needles and I am swatching it right this very minute so stalking my queue is resulting in that <clears throat> I also have a pair of mitts that I moved up in the queue and a hat because I realized For some reason, I had it in my head that the knit-along was for sweaters. Well, it's not for sweaters. It's for anything in your queue. So I'm going to work on getting a couple little projects done out of my queue as well. So not the most exciting stocking in the world, but it's satisfying to stock your own queue, especially when you're like me and your queue has grown to eight pages. Eight (laughs) pages. I can't knit that much in my whole lifetime. That's a long queue. It's ridiculous. So. And a lot of those are things like hats that I will knit for charity. Yeah. And the thing I've been doing also that's making my cue never ending if I knit a hat pattern that I like, I put it back in my cue so that I don't forget about it. Yeah. Exactly. So, and
1: a lot of people use their cue that way. And I don't. But then I forget about things, so I've I go back and forth on that because it would be nice to have that reminder, mm-hmm. visual reminder there when you go through your queue. Yeah, that's what I'm I like the to visuals. <laughs> so
0: that's what I've been stocking. And what are you knitting? I know what you're knitting, and I'm super excited. <laughs> well,
1: in my hands right now, I am knitting the Svalbard sweater, which is a sweater by Bristol Ivy, and.
0: And if you're on Instagram, you got to see a picture of the work in progress, like yesterday or the day before? Yeah, it's Recently. got a
1: great heart motif on the back of the sweater, right between the shoulders, so at the very top of the sweater. And it's just gorgeous. And the pattern of the sweater itself is textured all over. It's a textured, the whole sweater is knitten in a textured rib pattern. The heart is knit in a different rib pattern and then the ribbing for the rest of the sweater increases out from the heart very gracefully and i just love it i think it's a wonderful pattern and i can't say enough good things about knitting it i've been having a really good time the sweater it's got interesting construction it's easy to wear open fronts you have to pay attention to the setup i will say that if you read a lot of the comments on Ravelry there are comments from people who have had a lot of trouble getting started and i can understand that you really have to pay attention to what's going on you have to use your stitch markers and i even had a false start when i started mine because i started playing around with the increases didn't like how some of the increases looked ended up changing it and ended up ripping my start out and restarting and that turned out to be one of the best things. So I would almost suggest knitting your swatch by starting the sweater. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. Because by the time I ripped out my couple inches of my false start, I knew the pattern. And I was able to confidently continue on from my setup row knowing where the pattern was going. And for me, it's sometimes hard to visualize. Even if I read the whole pattern through, it's still sometimes hard to visualize. And I think I would even have trouble mentoring somebody else to knit this sweater because it's just, I would have to be doing it. And, I get that, and, yeah. and following the instructions along. I think it would be hard. So I did, like I said, I did restart it once, but I feel that, was in my best interest, because then I knew where I was going with it. So my best advice if you're interested in the sweater is just to take it slow, write out each row for the beginning rows if necessary, because there are a couple places you have to look. There's the rib, you have to follow the cartridge rib, it's called cartridge rib, you have to follow the pattern for that. You have to look at the increase section, it's there's there's a few things going on is it one of those patterns well at the
0: same time you do something else not too much okay you just have different textures. yeah there's just different
1: stitches going on in the same row different places that you have to look for information for knitting one row so if you're one of those people that likes to have it all in one place i would sit down and write it all out on one paper or you can Cut and paste, or if you use one of the knitting apps, you can cut and paste. Did you use? I'm probably making it sound a lot harder than it is. Well, I'm just,
0: I can can kind of visualize in my head what you're doing. Did you use different color stitch markers to indicate different parts of the pattern? Basically, yeah, I
1: used different stitch markers. Yeah. Yeah, I used, let's see, two. I had stitch markers, basically different colors. I had ones with beads for the raglans, and then different stitch markers for where the increases were taking place within the heart motif area yeah and that worked fine for me but i'm really loving it so
0: for anyone who has never heard that trick before of using different types or different colors of stitch markers within a project to indicate different things like the start of your round, if you're working in the round, having mm-hmm. a different stitch marker than the other stitch markers in that round, then you always know when you've come to the end of the round. Yeah, or, definitely. You know, different colors to mark increased sections in a shawl or a sweater than for you know the lace patterns yeah. or whatever it may be. It's very nice to have different stitch markers
1: for that visual reminder while you're knitting. Definitely. I like to have in my Notions bag several different types of stitch markers i usually carry sometimes plastic ones sometimes the little rubber ones the ones that i use most of the time are the little metal ones but i have found that there are some yarns that require different kinds of stitch markers because sometimes the metal ones are too slippery and they I find that they move under stitches a lot Oh, sometimes, right? Depending on the yarn and needle combination and so sometimes I do switch to the rubber stitch markers Which are not my favorite kind but seem to slip under stitches Less and also the size of your stitch markers does matter. I like to use small stitch markers or as small as I have available to me if you're knitting something that's loose. If you're knitting lace, you want a stitch marker that's closer to the size of your needle because you don't want something that's going to go under, under yarn, yarn over. overs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a small tip. I did follow the advice of the
0: brilliant Leslie from the Knit Girls podcast. She had mentioned recently taking your stitch markers and putting them on a safety pin and safety pinning oh, them inside your project yeah. bag. That's so a just, neat idea. I was wiggling stitch markers at Charlene while <laughs> she was speaking to show her that I had just done that. I did that just this morning. I safety pinned them right into my project bag, but I only did one type of stitch marker and I realized that she was speaking that I need to get an alternative stitch marker in this notions bag as well, because I do that also. <laughs> so I'd be starting a project and say to myself, darn it, I need how did comb. you, how did yeah. you not have another type of stitch
1: marker in there? Yeah. And then I always like to tell people, if you're in a situation and you need an emergency stitch marker, you can always tie up a little piece of A different colored yarn Mm you tie it up into a little loop the other thing I've recommended to people is if they have if they're near a cafe they can get a straw or a coffee stirrer and if you have your little snips or scissors you can cut off a little loop of your coffee stirrer or your straw and and have an emergency stitch marker yeah (laughs) I can't remember I was just telling somebody that within the last week because she was saying she was traveling and she didn't have a stitch marker and I said and she was in an airport i think and i said yeah. coffee stir straw yeah.
0: <laughs> or a waste yarn like you said just, waste yeah. yarn yeah
1: yeah whatever you happen to have nearby
0: oh mm, the hair tie would be too big You're, yeah i'm thinking of might. putting a hair tie in each of my notions pouches just to myself. have a hair tie yeah. <laughs> My daughter, That's if I'm with idea. my daughter, Josie, she always has several around her wrist, but if she's not <clears> around, I sometimes find myself in desperate need of her <laughs> time.
1: And then the back to the knitting, the other two things that I still have in progress, but I haven't worked on in the past week are the striped shawl that I mentioned, the yellow and gray one. And then my Via Gente, which is another pattern by Martina Bam, which I actually had gotten pretty far along on. And I'm to the point, I believe, where I need to put it onto some scrap yarn and see how long it really is before I go too much further yeah it's because a, you still have the edging right? yeah it's a really fun knit though and it's really fun just to keep going knitting like I said knitting in the round is my comfort knitting so it's I just want to keep knitting and knitting on it but I do need to double check and make sure I'm not going past the point where I want to be <laughs> yeah then it'd be too long you'd have to rip it mm-hmm. yeah so those are the three things I am knitting how about you what are you knitting Well, I'm still knitting two of the same things I've talked about, which seems
0: incessantly to me on the podcast. (laughs) Laneway Tunic by Vera Vallimacki. I am so close to being finished. I finished sleeve number one, and I am 20 rounds into sleeve number two, and it's 100 rounds long. So very, very close to the end. Then all I will have to do is weave in ends and block it. So... Today is Thursday. Hopefully that will be finished within the next day or two. Super excited about that. Really happy with the fit and everything on that tunic. And my flamingo mitts, of course, which we won't even talk about because they're just sitting there in the bag, laughing at me every time I walk past the table. And I'm also, like I said, swatching for the secrecy cardigan. And look how pretty that is. is. I am swatching in Madeline Tosh Prairie, which is a single ply lace weight yarn. In her new colorway, Nassau Blue. It's not brand new, but it's fairly new, and it
1: is. How would you describe it, Charlene? Tealy blue. It is more teal than turquoise to me. Yeah,
0: me too. I would say more, so. It's it has a greener more leaning green mm-hmm. in it than blue, but it is stunning. And the sweater is the pattern calls either for two strands of lace weight held doubled, or fingering weight yarn. So I'm using the Prairie Help Double. Oh, you are doubling that. Yeah, so it's giving a nice, it's actually fairly thick fabric. And the sweater is a cropped cardigan. That's nice. You can either do a one button closure at the top at the neck, or you can do buttonholes and buttons along the whole front. That's nice doubled. Isn't it pretty? Mm -hmm. And it has three quarter length sleeves and a very pretty little detail, both at the front of the sweater, and at the cuffs, and then there's a beautiful little lace pattern with some baubles in the center back. I'm considering after I did the wise thing and read through people's projects and Ravelry before I started swatching, several people commented that they moved the lace pattern in the back down a little bit, which is brilliant because if I don't move it down, my hair will cover it up. Mm -hmm. So even if I had my hair up in a ponytail, I think it would cover it a little bit. So I'm going to move that lace panel down a little bit in the back. But super cute sweater. It has simultaneous set in sleeves for the sleeves. Excuse the rustle while I pull out the pattern here. But it's okay. Construction notes. Secrecy is a petite figure hugging cardigan with a beautiful lace motif on the back. It is simple to knit with seamless top down construction using the contiguous method developed by Susie Myers, that allows you to try it on as you go and adjust the size as needed for a perfect fit. The pattern provides instructions for both a cropped and longer version. So on Ravelry, you will see different lengths and people did different sleeve lengths as well. And I'm not in love with the contiguous method from the other sweaters I've knit with it. Neon by Hohi Mm -hmm. was contiguous and Zephyr by Tori Gubritz was contiguous. I didn't really like that method with the Zephyr because it was a thicker yarn and it gave a kind of military rigid shoulder, which wasn't very flattering on me. It was better on neon because it was a DK weight yarn, I believe. So I'm hoping that with the finer yarn, it will be even less rigid mm-hmm. than neon. So hopefully I will like it better. But the sweater's adorable. Perfect for summer. And that's what I'm knitting. Okay. Alright, so what have you finished since the last episode?
1: Oh, I haven't finished a thing.
0: <laughs> See, like Charlene said, we went a shorter duration between recording episodes. So our last episode we recorded less than a week ago. Yeah. So please forgive us for our lack of FOs. <laughs> we didn't finish much in the last six days. So
1: you haven't finished anything? I haven't finished anything, did you? I
0: did finish one thing. I finished the Winding Journey hat, which is a pattern by Juliana Lund. And it's the pattern that had both a hat and fingerless mitts in the same pattern, which I knit in Madeline Tosh Merino Cashmere Nylon Blend Sportweight Yarn in the Well Water Colorway. I forgot to bring it to show you, but it's really, really cute. I mentioned in the last episode that I modified it so that instead of knitting it flat with button Mm -hmm. bands, as the pattern instructed, I knit it in the round and just did the garter stitch for the button band, which I can just sew buttons on as a faux finish because I don't really wanna button my hat closed. It's Mm -hmm. gonna be a gift, it's not for myself. However, it turned out really nice. The pattern is very well written. It was a very fun knit, and I really like how it turned out. I definitely am looking forward to knitting the fingerless gloves to match. Although I was thinking to myself, oh, my my hard, hard life. (laughs) At work, I was complaining to myself that, My wrists and hands were aching because they were so cold because my desktop, having my wrists resting on the desktop, and then for work, they provided a Mac Airbook, which is a beautiful laptop computer, but it's a metal case and those cases are cold. So I was thinking I really need to have fingerless gloves at work so that I don't have my hands aching because they're cold and my wrists aching. Mm -hmm. So those well water gloves the whining journey mitts i may keep for myself (laughs) instead of although i may have enough yarn to knit two pairs of those so that one can go with the hat as a gift and the other i can selfishly keep for myself
1: so you will always knit more it's true (laughs) i always
0: will but i just love 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 that color yeah it's not a neutral it won't go with everything i should really knit a neutral color to have it work but you know i don't care if i'm bright Right. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> so those are all the things we finished. Okay. But this is what we've really been looking forward to. Our future yes. segment this week. Yes. Inspiration. What
1: gives us inspiration? Where do we find it? So this whole topic started out as a kind of started out as a discussion on why why we purchased certain patterns over other certain patterns. So maybe kind of looking at that what inspires you to purchase a pattern or i don't know and then gail emailed me a link to a website to a color website and once i saw that that kind of expanded the discussion from what inspires us to purchase a pattern just to what inspires us on a larger scale that's where i'm trying to get to in this clumsy manner that i just spoke (laughs) So, the, the idea did, it was, the germination
0: was knitting related. And right. it since has grown from knitting,
1: not just specific patterns, to what inspires us what to inspires knit in general. Us in general. Right. And we've had a lot of fun looking at different websites the past couple of days that we want to share with you. And we just want to share who and what inspires our knitting crochet our creative projects that yeah kind just of thing. our creativity in our general. creativity in general yeah that sounds better <laughs> because we know that everybody
0: has different crafts they do in addition right. to knitting whether it be painting or cooking i think of as a craft also Scrapbooking there, yeah there are so many other things and... and inspiration can come in so many forms yes. so yeah. we're I'm hoping that this actually sparks a good conversation in our rivalry group as well. I that am other too, people because will I want to know what inspires too. other people too. Exactly. To. We can learn so much from each other. Yeah, And some of the ideas that I have are not my original ideas, because in another rivalry group I participate in a lot online, one of the members was lucky enough to go to a calf facet museum display in England recently And she posted some amazing pictures of the things she was able to see there. And she started an inspiration thread in that group. And then another friend posted a link to the website that I texted to Charlene. It's called Design Seeds. And we will link to that in the podcast notes. It is amazing. Every day.
1: Tell about that. (laughs) Okay, so Design
0: Seeds. Every day they have two beautiful pictures. And they have at the bottom of the picture, think of paint chips. If you go to the hardware store and you're looking for paint colors, they have the paint chips, which are different colors that they think go together. Well, Design Seeds has the same thing at the bottom of each picture. So today's Design Seeds, there was one that was like a quartz rock, and I think it was called mineral tints. And then beneath it, they had the individual colors that were part of the picture. And the second one was, I can't remember what they called it, but it was a purple cabbage on a green background. And it was just the most stunning picture. And then they have all the individual colors called out beneath it. And if you want to, you can register and get an email in your inbox every day that has two beautiful pictures in it. And one of the pictures the other day was the most, ugh, I can't even speak, <laughs> most breathtaking picture of a lavender field and in the background you could just see a little layer of mountains and then you could see the beautiful blue sky and i think there may have been a white cloud or two in that sky picture but it was incredible that one right there Mm -hmm. and we've been talking a lot about blurple blue purple (laughs) and this picture was like the epitome of it because you have the purple lavender topped by the beautiful blue sky and it just it's so inspiring and breathtaking, and I just love this site. I'm, I'm surprised at how joyful it makes me yeah. to look at these pictures. It really color does. I look at them, you. and I just smile, and it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's next time I'm feeling kind of down. I'm just
1: going to look at pretty pictures because <laughs> well, it it's, works. color definitely affects you. Like we talked about in last year's mm-hmm. color knit-along, color has that
0: way to affect your mood. It creates an emotional response sometimes. It really does. And I, sometimes I can see, you know, you look at your own pictures, your own photo albums, your own postcard collections, whatever. And it just sends me back to a moment in time. And I love that. I love that. You can remember the smells and the sounds and the tastes and everything
1: about Mm -hmm. a particular moment in time from a visual memory. So in addition to Gail's color website, what I have done in the past when i get sometimes i get catalogs for clothing or home decor that kind of thing and it might be something that i'm not even interested in ordering but sometimes they'll have little color palettes that show maybe what colors the pillows come in or what color the blouse comes in and sometimes those color palettes because usually they they're all they all go together for one season. So sometimes those color palettes really inspire me, and I've been known to tear out just the color palettes and hang them up to look at for inspiration. Like a color board I, or Yeah, a mood board exactly. Or, I need to I've, make one I've of I've done that before. I haven't done it so much recently because nowadays there is so much inspiration available online that I don't look at catalogs as much as I used to, yeah. but I used to do that. And then Pantone swatches are helpful too. Gail mentioned the Design Seeds website. I believe the Pantone website also has a mailing that you can sign up for. Either that or you can just go to their website and see the Pantone color of the day every day. And then we're, as as longtime listeners know, Pantone also has the color of the year and then the seasonal colors for different things as well. But the color of the day is fun to look at because then you'll see, something new probably to you and it's always fun to look at the Pantone trend forecasts the seasonal colors and I guess that would be a good time to mention that we will be doing another colors of fall knit along this year yep so the colors of fall Pantone did announce the 2014 colors for fall Ooh, back in february no oh, you did that's oh, yeah, the did. radiant orchid yeah uh, sorry palette so if you would like to go ahead and look at that palette and start thinking about uh knit along yarn and items that you will want to start knitting in the summertime
0: and that again our colors of fall from last year will have the same general rules where you don't have to have a yarn that's exactly the same color as a Pantone color as long as it's represented somehow. You know, so if it's a variegated or a tonal yarn where yeah. one of the colors is yeah. represented, yeah. that's fine. We're not, definitely, yeah, we're not the color police. <laughs> <laughs> no, because
1: part of color is that you have to knit with something that makes you
0: happy. Exactly. And that's the whole goal. Yeah. To be, well to ha- knit something that's going to make you happy that ends up being stylish as right. well because you're
1: wearing the right colors in the for the season. Yes, yep, Which I don't generally do. So. <laughs> so, so in addition to colors, what
0: else inspires you? Nature. nature. I realized mm-hmm. in all, so I have a list here of all the things that inspire me and the common denominator is nature. Yeah. I get so much inspiration by things in nature, pictures of nature, Anything that's nature-related, like walking. I've been doing a lot of walking in town lately, and everything is in bloom. And I will stop and just stare at flowers. I do that, Take pictures of
1: flowers. I kind of squint at things just to take in the colors. Yes. Not the textures or not the item or not the flower or the leaf, but just to see the colors because the colors that go together – in nature yes that's what i was gonna say looks so good in <laughs> your yeah, mother
0: nature really kicked butt on yes. this. i mean why would i ever need to recreate a color right. palette when mother nature has done it for me right. josie and i walked two places yesterday and roses are in bloom right now it seems really early to me but the roses are just going off everywhere mm. in two different plants in two different yards we saw roses that were light pink with dark red variegation it was there's no other word to describe it it was not a regular edging it was just like someone splattered red paint on it they were so pretty I didn't have my phone or I would have taken a picture but I thought to myself all those speckled yarns that are appealing to me right now there it is in nature I mean mother nature had it and we Mm -hmm. another instance we Mm -hmm. copied it yeah yes but it just nature always gets me every time and I have My specific inspirations most common are souvenirs that I've gathered on my travels and postcards. I collect postcards of places that I go and I have also note cards that I've found that are all around my desk at home and some at work. And I look at them all day and they inspire me all day. I'll Mm. have to put a picture up on the, when I post, when this episode goes live so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Josie said just yesterday, our house is so blah. The only place it's not blah is your desk. <laughs> so, because I have all these little tiny, and I like small, small souvenirs. I'm a purveyor of small Miniatures. things. Exactly. Little flamingos, little seahorses, little Eiffel Towers, little things from China. I just have all these little tiny things, and almost all of them are something you find in nature, except mm. for the Eiffel Tower. Is, <laughs> I am inspired somewhat by architecture, but it's almost all nature. So what about
1: you? Well, in terms of nature, I wrote down flowers and leaves, Mm -hmm. the combination of flowers and leaves, and I especially love plants that have varying colors of leaves, not even necessarily green. There are the plants that have the purplish leaves Mm -hmm. or the brown leaves. I find those really intriguing, and then the combination of whatever is blooming with it really intriguing, I like. The second thing that I love in nature is stormy skies. Ooh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love the grays. I love grays. I love seeing the different gray combinations in clouds. One of my favorite times in a storm is when... You look to one one direction and the sky is really dark and it's raining and you look to the other direction and there's white puffy clouds and maybe the sun is starting to come out and maybe there's a peak of blue. Mm -hmm. I just love that range of color all spread out across the sky, stormy skies and lots of gray tones. One of my favorites. See, the ocean is my other... Well, I had the beach because what I like, I like the ocean, but I like specifically the beach and i love the i love the color palette of the pale blue sky and the tan sand, sand. that we have in santa cruz gorgeous gorgeous what about the white combo. waves in between and the white, so they're yeah. not always white so you know sometimes they're dark something it depends it, on it the color changes. of the sky yeah, yeah. It did, and it changes depending on the time of year and the yeah we don't always get the I think foamy. of white from the foam. thats what, Yeah, yeah it's, and it's the not always waves. foamy, but yeah. I, I love the beach tones, too.
0: Now, I have a very long commute when I actually drive to work. It's about an hour and 20 minutes each way, but I am blessed with a beautiful commute. It is along Highway 1, and it I follow it from Santa Cruz all the way to Half Moon Bay, which is roughly 40, 45 minutes of the most gorgeous coastline. And... I am so lucky to have this as my view as I drive to work <laughs> and I every time I drive it I think to myself you are so lucky you should appreciate this it's beautiful whether mm-hmm. it's like Charlene said a stormy day where everything's gray and the ocean is gray and the waves are enormous and white and frothy and everything's this palette of grays mm-hmm. and whites or it's a day where it's gloriously sunny and you have the blue mm-hmm. sky and the blue water and the white waves and birds flying around oh I could I could stare at it for
1: hours and hours and hours and never be bored and I used to do that same exact commute at about sunset and so I have Mm. seen that same drive sometimes you come driving over and it's just the Sun is setting and it's just blue skies and then every once in a while you drive over and the Sun is or the sky is blazing in orange and pink yes for sunset so it's just amazing I had a day driving to work, it was sunrise,
0: and it was the most beautiful pink, purple, orange, blue palette of sky that I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those days you you're you feel fortunate to be alive. Mm-hmm. You think, oh my goodness, how we are so lucky to yeah. be where we are. So nature, super high on my list. Mm -hmm. Now, specifically, so we're talking about walking around town and, you know, driving or walking near the ocean. Well, obviously not everybody has that luxury. So where are places that you found inspiration besides actually being outside in nature?
1: Well, I think you can find inspiration wherever you are outside. I agree. Because other geographic areas have a lot of things that we don't. Yes. So I think every place is unique. You just have to step outside and see what's there. And sometimes if you like a color palette, you can just snap a little phone picture. And a fun thing to do, if you just want to see the colors, is just put it in whatever simple camera software you have and blur it. And then blur it to the point where all you can see are the colors. And Mm. then you kind of have like a little palette. I didn't know you could do that. That's always fun to do. But Aside from nature, Ravelry is a good one. I find inspiration in my friends' activity on Ravelry. I find inspiration specifically for patterns, for colors, for styling. I love finding styling (laughs) styling ideas on Ravelry because it's always something that's already hand-knit. So then it it obviously corresponds to something that I have hand-knit that I want to style. Instagram. I find a lot of inspiration on Instagram. I can get lost sometimes following people's rabbit holes. You know, you look at one person's photos and then you start looking at all the rest of their photos and that leads to something else. It's fun. Yeah, All knitting related. (laughs) Yes. And
0: some, well, again, with my kick with nature, a couple of the Instagram people that I've recently followed that I wanted to tell people about... The first one is National Forests. It's, that's what they are on Instagram. Look them up. They have the most amazing pictures, and I love following them because most of the people I follow are knitters or dyers, mm-hmm. you know, indie craftspeople, and then all of a sudden I'll get this amazing picture of sunset over a mountain reflected in a lake, and I'll just gasp, and it's really fun. The other one who's also nature-related is Clark Little Gallery. My 12-year-old son turned me on to Clark Little Gallery. This man is obviously a surfer, and his pictures are mostly of waves and the ocean, and they are breathtaking. I don't know how a human being captures pictures the way this man captures them. And again, you just one of these shows up in your feed and Instagram, and I'm just stunned, speechless, <laughs> because it's so beautiful. And I recently purchased a print that I saw on Instagram. I think it might've been Pantone that posted the print. It was a watercolor painting of the Eiffel Tower with cherry blossoms around it. And it was so pretty and I actually ordered the print waiting for my husband to find me the magical frame. But that's Jess, J-E-S-S, Illustrator on Etsy. I'm sorry, on, well, she's on Etsy as well, but she was on Instagram as that. And I've started following her. And she is an artist and she posts the most beautiful watercolor. She's a fashion illustrator, but she spent the last, I don't know how many months in Fiji as a teacher. So she has these amazing pictures that are either fashion and or nature related and they're just beautiful so many pretty colors and because they're kind of fashion related they can even have clothing in them that may inspire knitting but again for me it's mostly the colors so those are three instagram sources that inspire me on a regular basis in addition to all of you fabulous knitters and dyers etc <laughs> who we follow i mean i've I love Instagram. I just have followed so many people and it's so much fun to get the people who post like things about their life. Dana yeah. of Unwind Yarn Company has been posting about, you know, getting ready for Stitches
1: West and driving there and That's setting up a booth. fun to It is see fun to follow that. People's, whatever it is that they're working on or for, For example, Stitches West, see people getting ready for Stitches West, and then when the event happens, we'll see photos of the event. Exactly. It's really fun. And also to see people's works in progress. That's
0: really inspiring to me. You know, someone, they've mentioned that they're going to cast on a specific project, and then all of a sudden you get to see the cast on. Then you see it a couple days later, and then you see it, you know, each in progress. Yeah,
1: It's fun. It's
0: really fun to watch that kind of progress.
1: I just took off my 22 little clouds shawl and put it on the chair and Boo decided to get off or move over and start marching on my shawl. <laughs> <laughs> is that where he's curling up yes. right now on top of your yes. Is there alpaca in that shawl? No, there's not. Oh, because I thought he was the alpaca seeker. He is. And if there were alpaca in it, he would probably take it and run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, so where else do you find inspiration?
1: Well, a fun thing that I wanted to mention on Ravelry, probably everybody has seen this, but if you haven't, you go to the People tab in Ravelry, and you scroll to the bottom, and it has a list of what Ravelry calls your neighbors. And what your neighbors are are other knitters who have knit patterns in common with you. So you can see, for example, Gail and I knit a lot of the same things. Gail is the person on Ravelry that I have knit the most items in common with. (laughs) We have 72 patterns in in common. common. That's funny. That we have knit together because obviously we inspire each Each other. Each other, exactly. So you can see other people that also have for example there is another knitter who has 50 patterns in common with me there's another knitter that has 45 patterns in common with me you probably have a ravelry neighbor neighbor a a taste twin that kind of thing (laughs) so i know that one of these people a couple of these people for example i have looked at other things they have knit before because I think that their tastes are probably very similar to mine. And I've been inspired to look at other patterns or knit other things by doing that. So that's something that's fun to do too. Because it also changes from month to month. Because as knitters knit different things, you'll see different knitters pop up on that list. In Gail's case, since we have 72, I think you'll always be on my neighbor's list. Yeah, but, <laughs> exactly. but other people have come in and gone. So that's a fun thing, fun thing to look at.
0: Well, real life, too. Real like being, life, yes. If you can go to a, a knitting-oriented event, whether like my friend went to the calf Facet exhibit where there are knit items, or you can go to a show like a Stitches show or another Fiber Festival or anywhere where you're going to see knitting in the wild, mm-hmm. totally inspirational. Your, because... your
1: local knitting store, yep. Uh, yep. local knitting group, very inspiring because, as we've mentioned so many times, sometimes... The pattern pictures just don't do a piece justice and you see it in person and you gasp and you suddenly want to make it, yep. having not been previously inspired by the photographs. Or sometimes a, a photograph that's by another knitter can inspire you more than the original pattern picture. Yeah, like when they do it in
0: a whole different color, color Yeah, sometimes or... I'll see a pattern that maybe it's brown and I just instantly <laughs> gloss, gloss right over it with my eyes. but. Then I see it in person in a different color. And I think, wow, how did I never notice that that pattern before? Yeah, yeah. Well, and the Svalbard that Charlene's knitting right now, I had seen it once in person. And I had seen it, of course, on Ravelry. And none of those inspired me to want to knit it. But now that I'm seeing Charlene's and I can up close see the different textures. And I think that's what's inspiring me on this one is the textures alone are just so pretty. They're complementary to one another. And it obviously would be fun to knit because you're yeah. not going to get bored, that's for sure. Exactly. exactly. So yeah,
1: real life is one of my huge inspirations. And then one of the other fun things that I like to do, you guys know that one of my favorite yarn colors is logwood. So I have done this a lot recently. I'll just type in logwood in Google search oh. and then you look at the photos that it brings up. Yeah. You could type in anything in a search engine and look at the images and just get inspiration from those images and I'm sure that's what a lot of people do on Pinterest too I should have mentioned Pinterest as well I just don't use that as often even though I know I should but I can't do it all <laughs> I,
0: I've made the conscious decision to not use Pinterest because I have enough black hole websites <laughs> that I go to that suck up my time and I don't
1: need to go down that
0: path I want to
1: <laughs> I, I think a lot of people use Pinterest for uh, color and other inspiration these I'll bet. days. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what about different podcasts? That was one of my categories that. Oh,
1: you know, I didn't write anything specifically down for that. You did mention that. But podcasts, other podcasters, I like, I get inspiration from other podcasters who knit similar things to me, mm-hmm. basically. A lot of the. California podcasts, I get inspiration from what they knit because they live in a similar climate. Yep. How about you? Do you have any specific ones? Well, Jenny and Nicole
0: from Stash and Burn have always inspired me. And I don't necessarily want to knit the same same things that they knit, but I often will find new designers
1: Mm -hmm. from things that
0: they've mentioned. And the excitement that other podcasters have when they're talking about their projects inspires me. Right. So I listen to them for ideas and also yarn ideas and just the sheer joy of their joy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I don't want to make it sound like a vampire. but No, I know what you mean.
1: We we get excited about certain things and then it's fun also listening to other knitters get excited about something completely different that's new to us. Exactly. So
0: Jenny and Nicole have been my longest time podcast that I've been, I've enjoyed that and then some of the new video well, new video podcasting isn't new i've just started watching video podcasts in the last year or so and they have the added element of you can see what is being knit and you can see what the yarn looks like and some podcasters will give you better close-ups than others but that's inspirational as well because once again it's almost like real life you can actually see different things that you wouldn't have seen mm-hmm. other than a static picture on ravelry so I really enjoy podcasts for all the different inspiration that they can provide. Like I said, just the joy of someone who shares the love of knitting as a craft comes through in a lot of podcasts, and I really, really enjoy that. I do, too. It's a good – on my commute, I have my beautiful ocean view, and I have my podcasts. That's what I listen to, to and from work, and I love it. Don't tell my family; they don't listen. But I actually like the days I commute because of the relaxing drive and the podcasts. And you know, there's you have to look for the silver lining in things. You
1: do. And when I did that commute, I used to listen to audiobooks.
0: Yeah, that's it. books If I don't have commute. a podcast going, yeah. it's an audiobook. But I prefer yeah. to listen to podcasts. So. Anything else that we haven't mentioned? That
1: is my entire list. That's a lot of inspiration. Yeah,
0: it certainly <laughs> is. So as we said at the beginning of the segment, please post the things that give you inspiration. We would love to see pictures that inspire
1: you. Yeah, I would love to
0: see or pictures website links and if you or have whatever. Website links. Yeah, or those of you who have your own websites, I would love to know about them. You know, if you have a blog or your own podcast or an Etsy store, Etsy is another black hole for me. (laughs) I get on Etsy and I find inspiration there on a regular basis that drains my PayPal account. So that's, (laughs) that's another one that I have to visit with caution, but lots of inspirational things on Etsy. So if you have an Etsy shop, let us know just anything that inspires you. Tell us because we love it.
1: Yeah. as Spring is hopefully springing for everyone. It's time that we're, kind of renewing and finding new inspiration and thinking about what we're going to do for the spring season. Yeah, moving
0: away from the winter doldrums into Waking up. Exactly. (laughs) Coming out of hibernation. Yes,
1: coming out of hibernation. And
0: we did want to do a giveaway related to this inspirational topic. We have an adorable little book called Knit Notes Mm -hmm. that is a journal of sorts where you can actually—we reviewed it in the past. We did episode. review it, and
1: I should have looked up what episode. But you can look it up. We'll have a link to it. Yeah, you can look it up, and it's someplace where you can record your knitting projects, your knitting inspiration, what inspires you, all those sorts of things. It's a very sweet little journal. It I is. really like it. And with that will be a skein of the Knitting Boutique
0: Susquehanna yarn yeah. that. Charlene used for her 22, oh, for my 22 cloud little clouds. Yeah. So, it will be the knit notes, knitting notes journal with a skein of the Sesquihonna fingering weight yarn. So, we will open a thread, chat only, and maybe that's where we should put it. You have to tell us what your inspiration is in the Giveaway thread,
1: okay, yeah. So that way, but you'll... then people can also chat yes. in the regular thread because I want to. I want to talk about inspiration. Me too. <laughs> yes, we do need to be able to chat about it. But
0: yeah, to be eligible for the prize, please do post one or more sources of inspiration. Of inspiration, and then we can also chat about it in yeah. the episode thread. So yeah. it'll be the link, the
1: thread for episode sixty. And you must be a member of our group. Yep. to win. and we will close this. Yeah, what are our release dates?
0: So this podcast, although we're recording it on April 10th, will go live April 18th. We'll close it, I think, on the 28th. No, we'll close it. Oh, yeah, because that's when we'll be recording. Okay,
1: We'll we'll close the thread for winning the knit notes and the yarn on the 28th. So that would give you 10 days. Which is plenty of time. Yes. Excellent.
0: So thank you for spending an hour of your day with us. We always appreciate it. We thank you so much for
1: listening and happy knitting. Happy knitting. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gales is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.